Welcome to Miranda Warnings Roundtable, discussing legal issues and current events. This week on Miranda Warnings Roundtable, we're going to talk about the Court of Appeals. For the first time in history, the New York State Senate has rejected a governor's nominee for the Court of Appeals. Presiding Justice LaSalle was rejected by the Senate Judiciary Committee and later by the full Senate. What have we learned, Liz and Vin, from this experience? It's so funny. He's like, we're going to talk about the chief judge and the battle that's been, and then he like does this epic roundup of everything that's happened between the last well, time. And now, you know, maybe someone's just tuning in. What have we learned? They we don't learned know what that happened. like, holy crow, there's a constitutional crisis. And now what's great is everyone's like, it's cool. We can go back and do the budget. We can all work together. It's we're fine. It's fine. We're all fine. Um, what have we learned? Uh, well, let's start with the first- From a political standpoint, from a policy standpoint, from a policy standpoint, I'm not sure um, that we've learned all that terribly much at all, um, with the exception of the fact that no one has actually really, and I think that they seem content to not settle the debate over whether or not there needs to be, what it means to have a review of an appointment, of a gubernatorial appointment. Does it need to be committee? Does it need to be the full Senate? A judge on Long Island opined. Um, there was probably some judge shopping that occurred. I can say that. I'm not sure that you all can. But, um, and, you know, this judge was sympathetic to uh, the Republican uh, standpoint that it actually did have to be a, a full chamber vote, but it was moot because the full chamber had voted the day before and and, and voted him down. And so here we are. Oh, well, well, let me let, let me just let me just step in there for a minute because the judge didn't just opine. There was a lawsuit, and he uh, the judge wrote a decision. Yeah, but uh, who th cares? There was, like there, nobody's there appealing was... it. Nobody's whatever. Is that going to be the precedent that we all now go forward based? Well, on there was a question of of whether it remained a, a viable issue, and according to the judge and the decision, it was viable because during the arguments, the 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 representatives of the Senate said, "Look." we don't feel as though we ever have to bring it to the full Senate. And so the court considered that to be a continuing case and controversy. So we do have a decision. I think we did learn something from that. Uh, we have at least a Supreme Court decision uh, that indicates that it does need to go to the full Senate. Well, the, uh, well, Judge uh, Whalen, right? That's, that's the trial court judge out right. on Long Island. Uh, he decided, of course, that the full Senate uh, was the institution that was required to either confirm or reject the governor's nominee for the Court of Appeals. And, and, and to be fair to the judge, I mean, that was the overwhelming consensus of, of legal scholars that had looked at the issue, either because of the text or because of the history. Now, whether or not that's still a viable issue well it is a still a viable issue because it can arise again however uh there are some problems with the lawsuit that you know the appellate courts and especially the court of appeals might want to avoid so the court of appeals for example if the case were ever to get there has the discretion to say we're not going to hear this case because it is moot as far as the dispute between these parties, right, that's moot because the full Senate did act. However, there's the exception, as you well know, that if 
there is a controversy that is very likely to recur and to avoid disposition by the high court frequently, the court does have the discretion to then resolve the issue anyway, even though as between these two parties, it actually is moot. I don't think this is ever um, going to occur I don't again. think. We are, this I is don't never going to occur again. Gonna take it. And Liz, you said nobody's appealing? Well, uh, thus far they haven't, but I mean, I, I haven't seen, the governor insists she had nothing to do with that lawsuit, but she was, you know, I guess, ideologically simpatico with it. I haven't seen, I don't want to talk out of turn. I haven't been following it, you know, every word, but I haven't seen what the Senate uh, Republicans intend to do. But again, like, Vin, I don't think we're ever going to get here again. I don't think this is ever going to happen again. I don't think well, anybody the, will be so stupid as to get us back to this point. This, the Senate Republicans wouldn't need to appeal because they won the case. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Then it so would have to be this. It Senate would be Democrats. The, the state Senate. And, you know, they've got 30 days to file an appeal. That's so. right. And, this, and the, the Senate, Senate Democrat. The Senate Democrats don't want to appeal because it's very, very likely they would lose on appeal. Well, that's the why they voted. I'm sorry. That's why they voted. They voted the day before this thing. Was yeah, going they were pretty sure they were going to lose. They knew lose. they were going to get their clock cleaned. Well, they had the votes just like, uh, you know, just like in the U.S. Senate. If they get the votes, then they they vote and they do what they want. Can uh, you talk about how disgusting the vote was? I mean. I don't want to be subtle about it because I think it was disgusting. And in fact, as uh, as somebody who's been a Democrat for a long, 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 long time, um, I think it's a dis I think it's a disgrace. I'm ashamed to be a Democrat for what they did. I mean, you mean to tell me that in the entire Senate of New York State, there was only one Democrat that thought that Justice LaSalle was qualified to be. I couldn't believe the they made judge. him sit up there. He sat up there in the uh, in the in the balcony. I mean, the whole thing was just distasteful. I don't want to see like disgusting. I mean, whatever. It was politics and politics. Fine, and I will. It was disgusting. Okay, fine. I mean, what are the odds that not? What are the odds that all these Democrats really thought? that this man should not be the chief judge. I don't know. You are questioning their motives and their and their. I thoughts. am questioning their motives. Knows. They're like a bunch of sheep. They're like a bunch of sheep. They knew what their leadership wanted, and that's what they did. That's why I don't we know if this. Look, people. we've we've opined on this before. I mean, we could go down a really dark rabbit hole, which is like this was really about retribution because the Democrats were angry that the former chief judge ruled the way she did, or the court under her rule power or control or auspices or leadership or whatever ruled against them in the redistricting case. And then we ended up where we are because we have Republicans controlling the House and it was really New York's fault, and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know any of this. Or you could say, well, Kathy Hochul didn't, you know, do what she needed to do in terms of outreach. And she had conversations well, that's true. with labor that's leaders. True. It is. They said anyone but this guy. We don't like this guy. And she was like, OK, this guy. <laughs> Why? Yeah. I don't understand why you would pick this fight. You knew where it was going to end up. Maybe you didn't know it was going to end up this far down, you know, the bottom of the ravine, but you knew it was going to get at least over the cliff. We can go around and around on this one. The damage is already done. I'm, I'm not sure that it'll ever get undone. And now the question is, I mean, let, I don't know, because we're in our chartered waters, unchartered shark infested waters. 
I don't know how we proceed per se, because do we just resubmit the list plus a name that's not LaSalle's? And if that's the case, who the heck wants their name on that list actually? And then do, and then what do we do? And then we go through this whole song and dance again. Well, we have formally gone through the process and it's back in the, the commission, the selection commission's hands now to provide another list of seven. Uh, six of those, you know, six of the people uh, are presumably in play still and could be back on the list again. Uh, could be back. If I were those people, I'd be list. like, no, thank you. No, no, no. Well, they I'm could good. withdraw, but, uh, you know, the, the, the other thing you have to think about is who did, who, who is it that didn't apply a few months ago that saw this process and is saying, you know what, I'd really like to be a part of this. Uh, you know, they had 41 applicants before. How many more do you think you're going to get? I don't think there's going to be a ton of new people coming out of the woodwork to apply well, for this. What's really sad about this, and like we, this is another whole like conversation that Vin and I have had a million times, which is like the deterioration of the court, which used Absolutely. to have a significant reputation. I can do this by rote. Vin doesn't even need to talk. I'm just going to talk for Vin now for a while. Well, Vin let's not do Vin's greatest hits. No, I'm right? just kidding. So. In all, no, but in all seriousness, you know, given the deterioration of the court, given the opportunity that some people would take that as a challenge and an opportunity to have have a chance to remake it and and reestablish its standing, maybe somebody will look at this, some sort of really fortitude person with a great fortitude and character will look at this as an opportunity. I don't know a lot of those people personally. I haven't spoken to any of them, but then again, I'm not running the commission, but uh, you know, we we it certainly haven't covered ourselves in glory and it was a national story. Uh, yeah, I think the I think the 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 bigger problem with how the court's going to be perceived is the politicization of it, right? right? And that's fully because of the Senate. I mean, the Senate, you know, uh, historically we haven't acted like the US Senate when we're coming to putting people on the on the Supreme Court to our court of appeals. It was a a much more higher level thoughtful process where it would that was much more i think respectful of the governor's decisions and that's out the window now wait, wait, now wait, it's wait, a political wait, wait, process wait, wait 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 let's not talk about the past with right. nostalgia like it was so good the senate did nothing in the past except yeah. for with regard to a couple of nominees they did nothing it was just a rubber stamp but it's gotten worse than that because now where we seem to be in New York in the same position the federal Senate is, where, I mean, whether or not a senator votes to confirm or not is a purely partisan matter. I mean, right. I'm sorry, it is. It's shameful. It really is shameful. We really are, I mean, as Liz says, deteriorating the whole process. It really is. I mean, do we really want the Court of Appeals to be more like the United States Supreme Court well, but that was the exact have, you know, argument. You have, I think. you have Democratic governors who are only going to be able to put up liberal judges. And then when you have a Republican governor who maybe has a Republican Senate, he's only going to be able to put up some real conservative judge. Right. And then you get the nonsense like we have at the United States Supreme Court. Okay, but it was the you you're making the argument that effectively advocates made when they were rejecting LaSalle, which is to say, oh. 
you know, we have such a Supreme, a U.S. Supreme Court that's gone off the rails in such a significant manner that we have to ensure that the state courts are sort of like the last word in progressive whatever policies and progressive stalwart. And we have to ensure that we create a bulwark against whatever might get to the U.S. Supreme Court. So that was the argument, the very argument that they utilized to get us to this place that we are today. No, I, I'm not. I am not. First of all, I agree with the Senate Democrats that the court needs to be turned around. But that doesn't mean that I would want the court to be composed of seven Ruth Bader Ginsburg's or seven Soda, uh, Sonia Sotomayor's, but I don't want it to be a right-wing court. I don't necessarily want it to be a left-wing court. I really would like to see some jurists on the court that really give a darn about the judicial role, actually have some sense of judicial philosophy, and that's the way they vote, which is not what's going on at the Supreme Court, except maybe for Kagan and, and Chief Justice Roberts. I don't want that to happen at the United States Supreme Court. And I would so hope that this Senate, even this one who rejected uh, uh, Justice LaSalle, that they would accept a nominee who isn't, you know, extremely liberal or isn't as progressive as they would like, but still, you know, would change the court because that nominee, you know, is a moderate liberal or even a moderate that would really change the direction of this court, straighten it out a bit. So, you know, that's interesting, though, and I'm, I just searched it and I can't find it. But the, so it seems that the Senate, that the Senate, at least, is interested now in really blurring the line between that traditional um, line that was so extreme. Like, remember, well, I shouldn't say in, in, in generally speaking, the judicial branch has been loath to in, in, uh, insert itself into disagreements that occur within the legislative and executive branches. Right. But they did that um, when it came to like Pataki v. Silver, for example. However, um, you know, this is also kind of a weird situation because OCA, because the judicial branch relies on the legislative branch to provide its funding. And so therefore there isn't actually, the, there's sort of a fungible wall. Sure. Uh, but you're also seeing increasingly the legislature interested in blurring that wall or, um, and I'm, I'm all over the place with my metaphors here. I'm sorry, it's Friday, but the, the, they're interested in, they're, they're proposing additional um, uh, legislation related to um, monitoring or controlling or boxing in or or limiting what have you the judiciary which is interesting um and i can't find the specific and, fright and frightening well right but again you know this i don't know how you fix this because as long as you have a judicial branch that is uh um weights on the legislative branch for its funding i'm not necessarily sure how you how you divorce those two things how you how the legislature doesn't say back to them um, you know, hey, dudes, we pay your salary. Look, if, you know, if the leaders, um, legislative and executive, if they care about having a really good court, you'll get a really good court. If they really don't care about having a really good court, you're probably not going to have one. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. I think that, you know, with regard to, Governor Hochul, I mean, I mean, she just showed her immaturity as being uh, a governor. And by immaturity, I, I just mean that, I, I don't know, did she not realize what Albany politics were? I mean, before she decided to nominate uh, Justice LaSalle, didn't she speak to the senators of her own party and get some kind of a consensus 
to either support this man or to choose somebody else. So there's that. But, you know, she did pick, pick somebody with a great deal of merit. And the Senate rejected for whatever their actual reasons were. I think now, though, I think now, though, um, what's going to happen with the list? And I think David brought up some really interesting things about what additional applicants there might be. I think there's also another really interesting possibility, and that is that some individuals might say, I don't think there's any chance that the Senate will confirm me. So I'm not going to apply again. And that may even include a couple of individuals who were on the first list. For example, I don't think there's much of a chance that acting Chief Judge Anthony Conataro could get past the Senate. So, I mean, maybe, maybe he might say to himself, why should I bother keep my application in just so I could be humiliated like what they did to Justice LaSalle? Um, and uh, the Justice uh, Owing, the other one, for some reason, the progressives are after uh, don't like Justice Owing. Um, and maybe he might say the same thing. I don't want to go through what they did to Justice LaSalle. Um, and then, and then who, and then who, if that is the case, then we not only have now the LaSalle vacancy on the list, we might have more than one vacancy on the list. Right. And then some of us, at, at least me, I could speak for myself. I hope that either, either Judge Rivera or Judge Wilson or Judge Troutman makes the list this time, you know, yeah. because I would love to see any one of those three as, as the chief judge. See, the problem, Vin, that you're suggesting with respect to the ones that might not want to continue is that they're all judges and they all have a record uh, and they all have a judicial record that can be picked apart fairly or unfairly. In Judge LaSalle's case, it was picked apart, I believe, unfairly. And so what are we going to have? We're going to have to have people that are on the list that don't have any judicial record. Uh, so that they don't have something that can be picked apart. I mean, there's a number of people that were on the list before that weren't judges. We don't know how they would decide even a single case or how they decided a single case. And that is also, I think, even even uh, a, a scarier proposition. Well, right, you know, so again, so wait, hold on. So again, what we're established, what we have established here, if we've established anything in terms of precedent, we've, there's a legal precedent, but then there's a procedural precedent. We effectively have become... Um, to your point, uh, the, the confirmation, look, I, as someone who sat through any number of confirmation hearings at the Senate, even the Judiciary Committee, even for nominees that uh, the senators didn't love on, on one side well, or the you other. You and me, Liz, yeah. Yeah, okay. They were never really, I mean, this was prolonged. This was weeks and weeks of vetting, which is similar to what you see at the U.S. Supreme Court. And then, so are we really going to then subject every single nominee to this sort of exhaustive, maybe we should, maybe it's not a bad idea to subject a nominee to an exhaustive review of his, her, their, um, you know, legal interpretations and decisions and what, and, and what's and wrong with that? Of, nothing. Nothing's wrong with that, but we haven't done it in the past is what I'm saying. I we mean, should be doing that. We should. But what we shouldn't be doing at the Senate Judiciary Committee is lying about somebody's record. Well, I mean, I don't think the vetting, there was anything wrong with the vetting, but nothing I heard from his opponents suggested that he was anything they were saying he was. I mean, I think that's the problem. I want there to be more vetting. But with regard to those three, 
that I would hope would make the list this time. Again, Judges Rivera, Wilson, or Troutman, their records, I think, would be welcomed, will be embraced by the so-called progressive liberal Democrats in the Senate. They would just love them. So they'll, they would get through. I'm just not sure that Kanatara would get through, and I don't think uh, Oing would get through. Well, look, I don't know that even Conatara would want to get through at this point, right? So, you know, it may be, I don't even know how this works. If there's an existing list and uh, of potential uh, candidates and the list then subsequently gets re-upped, can you remove your name from the list? Oh, sure. Yes. You yeah, can yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. well, that to me is process. more interesting, right? Then who's going to look at this and say, no, thank you. I want my name removed, even though you approved me and I was under consideration and I wanted this job at one point. I don't want this job anymore because it's too politicized and I don't want to put myself through that or my family or, or whoever, right? Hey, so, look, if I were a brilliant conservative judge, you're and you're none of those list. things. You're none of those three, right? <laughs> <laughs> if I were a brilliant conservative judge, I don't know. After he's, having he's seen what LaSalle went through, I wouldn't want to be on the list. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to put up with that. You're a little judgy. That's true. <laughs> he's judgy and also brilliant. He he has flashes of brilliance. Yes, he is brilliant. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> flashes and I of want it does, let, I think, let me throw, can I throw another twist in here? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. I, sure, I want to know whether the commission is now going to consider who they could possibly get through the Senate. So the commission itself, forget about the individual applicants, may or may not want to be put through this. What about the commission? Would the commission and should the commission take into account that the branch that confirms or rejects would almost certainly not accept this applicant, this applicant or the other. Should not take that into account? I, I don't think the commission takes into account ideology. It's it's oh, desi Lord. Oh, it's David. designed. It's designed. Uh, what do you want a trip to Disney World? It's designed. It's designed to be. Uh, bipartisan, right? It's six, six Republican and Democrat. So I don't know why we would expect that we're going to get someone on the far left of the liberal spectrum. Right. When you have a commission that's designed to be half Democrats and half Republicans, you're going to get people, presumably, that are, are qualified and somewhat ideologically neutral. That's the way it's designed. I don't even, if you know an ideologically neutral person, I would like you to introduce them to me. I know what? no ideologically neutral humans. I don't know. Maybe it's I run in the wrong circles or something. <laughs> I would like to, I, although right now, I'll, in interest of full disclosure, I am right now in Key West. I could go out there on the street and interview any number of people, many of whom are probably at this hour imbibing and ask them about various different things and i'm pretty certain that none of them would be ideologically yeah, but that's, neutral. perhaps you know, vastly misinformed but, but uh, not ideologically neutral as you know a judge is entitled to have their own personal opinions but when they apply the law they apply the law as it's written they don't necessarily need to apply the law based upon what their predisposition is for a particular issue and that's the that's kind of judge that you want that's the kind of judge that you want that's saying. the kind you want a judge that applies the law not Isn't i'm not saying originalist i'm no, sorry it's not a judge who applies the law mm. yeah which law 
What law? The law that's in front of you. By the time the cases get up to the Court of Appeals or the Supreme Court, you could go either way on virtually correct. any one of these cases. That's but correct. What, what David is absolutely correct on, we don't want a judge who happens to be politically liberal to then always be choosing the side that's liberal or one that's conservative. I mean, you want a judge, for example, right. like Felix Frankfurter, who was a very, very, very liberal Democrat, but that's not the way he voted and wrote his opinions on the Supreme Court. The same thing with a, like a Hugo Black or a Justice Jackson or John Marshall Harlan. I mean, these were great judges and they were great judges that because despite their political and ideological leanings, they actually were judges who tried to do what judges are supposed to be doing. And boy, don't we want that on the court of, I mean, that's what I want on the court of appeals. And I'm a, I'm a damn liberal, but I want a good judge on the court. Am I the only one that wants a really good judge on, I mean, I other than know, David find, who thinks that judges just find, apply the law. I find, that, <laughs> okay, I find this to be, I think that the most true thing that has been said of all the things that have been said in this whatever half hour that we've been opining and blathering on is wait, by the time you get to the level of of the bench that we're speaking of here you really could go either way the law the reason that we get this high up is because the law is that's is right gray and the law is frequently uh, drafted in that manner to be great. Otherwise, why would we have legislatures? They're constantly amending everything. So the, the precedent of which law, which precedent, whose version of the law, whose interpretation of the law? I mean, there is no black and white law unless you're Antonin Scalia, in which case there's one version and it's the Constitution and only what the drafters intended and doesn't take into, in, into account anything oh, like AI. Yeah, and then also only in certain cases when it well, right. suits his purposes and you know, i just don't think that i would like to i do i want what 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 do i want a good judge what does that mean a person who is willing to entertain all sides a person who is willing to read both uh the existing literature um on both sides the dissent and you know uh, and uh, the dissenting opinions and the the um opinions that were written that actually carried a case like to me I want to be able to look at something. I listen to, you know, um, uh, religious talk radio sometimes, conservative talk radio. The most conservative, I watch Fox News. I consider myself, I'm an independent. I consider myself probably a little bit more liberal than the average bear. I want to know what other people are saying. If you just talk to, if you have a judge who's just like, I am a progressive, I am a progressive, I am a progressive, that's an ideologue. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in academic thinkers, open-minded individuals who can whose minds can be changed. I'm not sure that those people exist anymore, to be quite frank. Well, I don't know. I mean, there, there are still people in the world who are wise. Who want to be judges? Who have a good deal of experience, who understand life, who understand the meaning of a free society and what's necessary, right? They understand rights and responsibilities. But unfortunately, that's not necessarily what we're getting most of the time on the high courts. And I have to say, um, what Liz was just saying, her little dissertation was absolutely brilliant. It's exactly what Benjamin Cardozo and Oliver Wendell Holmes and Richard Posner and Justice Jackson and all the great wins have always said by the time these cases get there. You know, you got legal materials on both sides for crying out loud. You do want somebody who understands 
somebody who's got wisdom and fundamental fairness, and they're going to decide the case based upon that, because you can always find precedents or always find interpretations um, to, to support the, the way you want to go. Well, I think that's a that's a good spot to end that discussion. Why? When because you, I just you, said how brilliant said, Liz was. You said Liz was brilliant, but before before we go, I've got a I've got something I I've got some viewer mail here. I'm going to call it. Um, you know, our our good friend here, Vin Bonventry, has now been quoted as an expert on all these issues in oh, Lord. the paper. And when you're an expert, then people take pot shots at you too, right? So. You were quoted in an article in the New York Law Journal, and then on Wednesday, uh, someone wrote a letter to the editor uh, <laughs> mentioning Vin Bonventry's quotations. Uh, the article was, will the commission tailor its chief judge search to the Senate's Democratic majority? Uh, in the article, they describe acting Chief Judge Anthony Canatero as part of a former so-called conservative bloc of four judges on the Court of Appeals. And the, the letter who, which quotes Finn Bonventry says, this is grossly unfair to the acting chief uh, whose leaders, under whose leadership since September 1st, criminal defendants have rarely, if ever, been found a more receptive court. And, they, and using some of uh, Vin's old tricks, they use some stats. They mm. say in the first seven months of 2022, the court decided 23 criminal appeals and there were dissents in 10, uh, 43.5%. And since October, the court decided 13 criminal appeals, only two dissents, 15%. And their conclusion is uh, acting judge, Chief Judge Canatero has brought about a welcome consensus amongst the judges. So are we really are we really going here? Are we really going to say that um actually judicial um you can you can bring you can bring judicial um uh the, the efficacy of a, of a bench down to the numbers it's a numbers game but, now well, that's what I, I'm saying that's well, what I'm saying. I, vin is vin has made ample use of uh, empirical data to support in your his, face bon Ventry, his, in your face position and now no. there's some numbers that uh, apparently dispute some things that you're saying i would hope that the letter writer is is being accurate but that has nothing to do with whether um, Judge Anthony Conataro was part of that four-judge conservative block. You don't have that four-judge conservative block anymore because Chief Judge Janet DeFiori isn't there anymore. It's a different court right now. There are different dynamics right now. So God bless Anthony Conataro. Hey, I like the guy. You know, my correspondence with him has been wonderful. He's another Sicilian-American like me. I like the guy. Um, and I hope he's great. I hope he's absolutely great. But, you know, his record, um, while uh, Janet Fiore was chief judge, was was certainly uh, pretty darn conservative. Well, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It just is. We'll we'll we'll, we'll revisit the numbers, Ben. And we'll, absolutely. We'll, we'll put that into the formula and then we'll we'll uh, we'll reconsider all of this very soon. So, Van and Liz, thank you very much, uh, as you. always, for your insights thank and, you. and your the brilliance of both of you. Thank you both. This has been Miranda Warnings, a New York State Bar Association podcast. You have the right to subscribe, rate, and review.